attentive. Brethren, you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defense to those who would examine me. Do we not have the right to our food and drink? Do we not have the right to be accompanied by a wife as the other apostles and brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working for a living? Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruit? Who tends a flock without getting some of the milk? Do I say this on human authority? Does not the law say the same? For it is written in the law of Moses, You shall not muzzle the ox when it is treading out the grain. Is it for oxen that God is concerned? Does he not speak entirely for our sake? It was written for our sake, because the plowman should plow in the hope, and the thresher thresh in hope of a share in the crop. If we have sown spiritual good among you, is it too much if we reap your material benefits? If others share this rightful claim upon you, do not we still more? Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. Peace be to you, the reader. According to St. Matthew, let us be attentive. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you. The Lord said this parable, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the reckoning, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold with his wife and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that servant released him, and forgave him the debt. But that same servant, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow servants, who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and besought him, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. He refused and went and put him in prison till he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. 
Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you besought me, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his Lord delivered him to the jailers till he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you. If you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Timothy came into the altar after reading the gospel and tried to make my job really easy by saying, that last line summed it all up. But I won't let myself off the hook. But you will get that last line again. So our Lord told parables. And these parables were stories that used things that were very familiar to the hearers. And the parables are very familiar to us as well. And sometimes the familiarity can work against our paying close attention to the story because we know it so well. But I want to remind you that when the Lord took the time to say a parable, the theme of that parable was very, very important. So I want you to act like you have never heard this story before and take it in as if for the first time. What we have here is we have a king who is owed by one of his servants millions and millions of dollars. A debt that is so large that there is no way that this servant can pay back the debt. And so justice would demand that this servant and his whole entire family be sold and still the sum would not equal his debt and they would then be thrown into prison. So I want us to take to heart that when we owe a debt that we cannot pay, material or spiritual, the Lord likens it to prison. And I want you to think about the loss of freedom, the hardship, the danger, the deprivation, the being cut off from society, from your family, from your friends, the loss of your identity, in a sense forgotten, that prison denotes in any society. And so this servant knowing that he could not do anything but fall down on his knees and beg for mercy, did so. And he begged that the king would have compassion on him. And the king forgave the servant everything. And I want you to listen very carefully to how the Lord told the story. Lord, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. 
the king knew that that was a false statement. But out of pity for him, the Lord of that servant released him, set him free, and forgave him the debt. So the language is important. He released him, he set him free, and he forgave him the debt. So then the servant, in total joy and overwhelming happiness, walked away from the king out into the outer world, a free man. And he had a fellow servant, a friend, a peer, who owed him a few bucks. No big deal. And he came and he exacted that amount from his friend. And his friend said, I don't have it. Either be patient or forgive me. It's not that much. And the fellow servant, having been released and set free, exacted it from him. He did not have mercy. He totally forgot the grace that he had been given. And so when the king found out, he became angry. And he held the debt against the servant that had been released. And then that servant and all of his family ended up in prison because they could never, ever pay that debt. The Lord, of course, wants us to understand spiritually. So, forgiveness exists on two levels. The forgiveness that we receive from God, but also the forgiveness that we receive from and give to each other. Most of us, we rejoice in the first because we all know that we are all like that first servant. The debt is, there's a debt that we owe to God because of our sins, because of the passions that we have cultivated in our life, that we could never, ever overcome ourselves. We need His grace, we need His mercy, and we need His forgiveness. And it is like millions of dollars compared to, Lord, release me and set me free. So we're glad that the Lord has done that for us and continues to do that for us. But the thing that is challenging and struggling for us is when someone else hurts us or does something unjust toward us, that we forgive them and we let it go. The Lord told this parable because it has such everyday importance. Now, I want you to understand this. That unforgiveness, the Lord likens to a self-inflicted prison. It's self-induced torture. It is a ball and chain of our own making. No matter what anybody has done to us, Forgiveness or unforgiveness is our own choice. If it weren't a choice, then the Lord wouldn't say so many times in Scripture, forgive, forgive, forgive. If it were impossible, He would never ask us to do it. I want you to listen to these following scriptural passages. In Colossians 3.13, the Apostle Paul says, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. 
In Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, chapter 4, 32, again says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. In Luke, chapter 11, verse 4, Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptations. Some of Jesus' own words are even more challenging for us, even more severe in a sense. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, the Lord says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. In Mark 11.25, it says, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. These tie in with the final verse of today's scripture. This is how my Heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Jesus and these other, particularly the Apostle Paul, they seem to consider forgiveness extremely important. Listen to Luke 6, 37 and 38. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Jesus seems to imply that the extent, to the extent that we forgive others, He will forgive us. There's something in holding something against another person that closes off our hearts, that doesn't allow for us to receive the grace that God so abundantly wants to pour upon us. That it closes off our free will and says no to God, even though we don't realize that. Because we are saying no to another human being. And so God does not forgive us if we hold sins against another person. So I want to say three things about forgiveness. First of all, forgiveness brings to us freedom. In Matthew 18.27, it says that the Master let him go. Being forgiven gives us freedom. It means that we are not slaves to work ourselves debt-free before God. He just gives this to us. Before the Master freed him from the debt, that servant was terrified. He was going to spend his entire life trying to repay, and he would never, ever be able to. Forgiveness of a debt is being set free. It sets us free because God sets us free. Free to love. Free to be thankful. Free to experience peace. Free to understand just how much God loves us. 
and wants our freedom. The opposite, the Lord likens to prison. Point number two, forgiveness brings about closure. Again, from the story, the servant was able to just simply walk away from the debt. It's not that he was going to forget. We all have memories as human beings. Forgetting is not the substitute for forgiveness. In fact, on the road to forgiveness, we may have to remember all the horrible things that happened to us. But forgiveness closes the door on them. It says, I will not let this keep me down. When we do remember the wrongs that have been done against us, we have the opportunity to choose to forgive and to let it go again. To close the door on that. And to let that person go. Thirdly, forgiveness brings life. Listen carefully to this verse in Colossians 2.13. The Apostle Paul says, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all of your sins. You see how giving life and forgiveness are linked together by the Apostle Paul? We find life when we are forgiven. We find joy and hope and peace and strength when we are forgiven. And not only that, but when we forgive, we give life to others. We give life to others, we give life to ourselves, because we are freeing them. We're letting someone off the hook. Now keep in mind that sometimes we think that if we hold that person accountable, that we're helping God do His job. But when we let them off the hook, that doesn't mean that they're off the hook of God. They're still accountable to God. But it is extremely important for our life, with a capital L, to let it go. God will take care of their ultimate judgment. That is not up to us. Perhaps when we let it go and give life to others, not only do we free them, we free us, but we also present to that person a better understanding of God, giving them an environment that they may better draw near to Him and receive the ultimate forgiveness that they also need. In closing, I heard this thought can't remember how long ago. But the thought is, holding an offense against someone is like being that person's jailer. The offending party is in jail. But because I am the jailer, even though they're behind bars, I can't go where I want to go either. I'm the jailer, so as long as I keep them in jail, I have to stay there too. And so not only are they in prison, but I'm holding myself in prison as well. If I let them go, then I'm also free, and I can go where I want to go. So the question is, my dear brothers and sisters, 
Are we going to receive the abundant grace and mercy of God as He forgives us of a debt that is so large it's hard to put our mind around it? And yet, hold on to something small and insignificant that we are holding against someone else. Holding ourselves captive, holding them captive. Poisoning ourselves, poisoning them. Actually bringing death into our own soul and keeping them in the same prison. Will we forgive? Will we forgive again and again 70 times 7? Will we have the chance to be life givers? Not only because we realize how much God does this, but because we also get to imitate Him in giving life to others. Amen.